Good morning. It's so great to be here this morning. I love church, don't you? Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know me, thank you. My name's Krista, and I'm married to John, who's down in the children's church. We have a little girl, four-year-old, called Holly, and one-year-old called Bernadette. And um, we, just, we just love being here. And I just want to add my congratulations to Pauline as well this morning. It's great to see a baptism, isn't it? And I thought, if anyone wants to be baptized who hasn't been baptized, or you have a friend who wants to be baptized, do speak to someone at the end, because you don't regret it, do you? <laughs> yeah, so well done. Well done, Pauline. So... We're going to continue with our theme of BAM. If you haven't been here for a couple of weeks, we've been doing this theme uh, called BAM, all about God's love and how God wants to comfort us with his love. And we comfort others with the comfort we've been given. And so um, week one, I'll do a quick recap. Phil um, talked about the BAM of church community. I need to get this right, don't I? Um, and he talked about how that love of the church community um, really got him and Charlotte through a bit of a difficult time uh, when uh, they were pregnant with Adelaide. And uh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house that morning. Um, everyone was, was crying just because they heard about the power of love in the church and um, a real testimony to that. So that was week one. Week two, we thought a bit more about the love of God, how in the Garden of Eden we got separated from God, and how Jesus comes and he restores relationships. He restores relationships with the Father, and he restores our relationship with one another. And um, before, uh, so Phil said, before we leave church last week, go for coffee with someone, make an arrangement to go for coffee with someone from church. So I want to know, who did that? Who went for coffee with someone from church? Good. Yeah? Did you enjoy it? Yeah? I met with, them, with someone from church, two girls from church, and my week was certainly richer because of it. In fact, it probably, probably saved my week. So um, that was amazing. Okay. So, um, Phil's asked me to speak this morning about the theme of loving yourself, love yourself, um, as part of this series. And the reason we're looking at that is because Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, love your neighbor as yourself in Mark 12, verse 31, and he was quoting the Old Testament. He said, that's the second greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say, hate your neighbor as you hate yourself. And he didn't say, love your neighbor, but hate yourself. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. So what on earth does that mean? That's what I'm going to try and help us think about a bit this morning. So it's true, isn't it, that we can't love other people well unless we have a certain healthy sense of self-regard. I was thinking about this, turning it over in my head this week, and I thought, is it possible to love others without loving yourself? What do you think? People think, yeah, some people are saying no. I thought it probably is possible to love other people without loving yourself, but you're only going to go so far before you get a bit resentful, a bit burned out possibly depressed. 
So I think you can love others without loving yourself, but it doesn't go very far. And actually, Jesus said, love others as you love yourself. So I think the truth is that we can't love other people very well if we don't love ourselves. So that's what we're going to try and think about. When I was preparing, I looked at two books, which I'm going to recommend. If you want to look at this topic further, there's The Gift of Self, The Gift of Self by Heather Ward. And then there's The Dialogue of St. Catherine of Siena, which isn't for the faint-hearted, but it's beautiful, and it's about this dialogue that St. Catherine has with the Father, all about love and the church, so it makes great reading if you're interested. So anyway, I might reference these this morning. Okay, Mark 12, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your colleague, love your acquaintance, love that bloke down the street as you love yourself. Treat others as you would have them treat you, as he says in Luke 6, 31. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, I'm not going to pretend like the main point of that passage isn't loving God and loving our neighbor. I'm not going to pretend like it's all about loving ourselves. But it's almost like for this morning, we're just going to pause. We're just going to pause over that bit as yourself. And next week, Alexandra, who's very well qualified to speak on this, is going to speak about loving your neighbor But before we go there, we're just going to pause and focus on that bit that says, as yourself. When I was thinking about this, a pop song came into my head by Justin Bieber. And it's that one with the horrible rebuke that goes like this. If you love the way you look that much, maybe you should go and love yourself. Well, I don't know about you. I think when I hear those words, I go, ouch. Like, that's not a nice thing to be told. Okay. Uh, So loving yourself doesn't have a great reputation at the moment. But I'm going to say it quite clearly. God loves us. God loves us so we can love ourselves. God loves us. God loves you, Pauline, so you can love yourself. And how do we know God loves us? Because he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Not only does God love us, Jesus loves us. That's why he was willing to die for us. He, didn't, he wasn't forced to do it. He was willing, and it's, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, verse 2, for the joy set before him. What was the joy set before Jesus? Was it sitting at the right hand of God? Was that the only thing that he was joyful about? Well, sitting at the right hand of God certainly is a joy. But perhaps it also refers to the joy he receives when we follow him. For the joy of our salvation, he endured the cross. 
for the joy that he gets when one sinner repents and comes to him and comes to the Father, I think that gives Jesus a tremendous amount of joy. I think it puts a big smile on his face. And actually, we're told there's a party in heaven. So because we're worth it, he endured the cross. You know that L'Oreal advert? Because you're worth it, you know? Because I'm worth it. Because we're worth it. Well, it's true. Jesus thinks that we're worth it. Jesus thinks that you're worth it. And Jesus thinks that I'm worth it. And like a rich, soothing balm, we need to cover ourselves with the truth of God's love. St. Catherine of Siena has some lovely descriptions of how God's love for us has to come first. We can't love others, we can't love ourselves without recognizing how much God loves us. It starts and ends with him. And she says this, If a man carry away the vessel with which he is filled at the fountain and then drink of it, the vessel becomes empty. But if, we, if he keep his vessel standing in the fountain while he drinks, it always remains full. So the love of the neighbor, whether spiritual or temporal, should be drunk in me. That's God speaking. I'll read it again. If a man carry away the vessel with which he is filled at the fountain and then drinks of it, the vessel becomes empty. But if he keeps his vessel standing in the fountain while he drinks, it always remains full. So with the love of the neighbor, whether spiritual or temporal, should be drunk in me. So she's saying, if you fill a a cup of water in in a fountain and then go away and drink that cup, it will quickly become empty. But if we stand in the fountain and drink, our cup keeps getting filled up. We don't become thirsty ourselves. And we never give away more than we have. So we need to stand in the fountain. We need to stand in the fountain of God's love for us. What does that mean? It means that when we meet someone for coffee and they tell us the problems that they're going through, and everyone has problems, no one is exempt from problems, but we meet someone for coffee, they tell us their problems, it's like we keep one ear to God and one ear to the person speaking to us. That's standing in the fountain because we're not giving them something we don't have. We're listening to God and what he has, and we're like letting that flow. We're letting God's love do all the work. Does that make sense? So we're not taking those problems on ourselves and saying, I'll nip to the shops and get you some water to drink. No, we're standing in the fountain together and we're drinking together and then we go away and we're not burdened because God's love has done the work and we've not given away something that we don't have. Let's return to this idea about BAM. I was thinking that God's truth is a bit like a BAM that we put on ourselves that we need to regularly apply, just like a day cream, you know, you don't want to miss your, uh, your day cream, do you? Or, or like your aftershave. I don't know what the male equivalent is. Um, 
but we need to regularly put it on to keep ourselves fresh, don't we? And um, it's the same with the truth of God's word. We need to regularly put it on. And what do I mean by that? I think we need to speak it out over ourselves. You know, this morning when we did the baptism, we speak out these truths. We welcome you into the body of Christ. You are a new creation. And there's tremendous power, I think, in speaking out. And I think we need to do that at home over each other. You know, if your wife's having a bad day, you speak the truth and say, you are doing a great job. You are God's beloved You are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you have all that you need to look after those children today, or whatever the case may be. My my mum-in-law is great. She's always giving us little helpful things, and she gave me this helpful list of um, Bible truths about who I am in Christ. She gave it to me, I think, when she thought I was having a bad day. She just left it silently on the side. She didn't even... (laughs) She didn't even mention it. I'm just going to leave that there for you. (laughs) Okay, and it's got these amazing truths about who I am in Christ. And I put it up next to my bed, and it's so helpful because I wake up in the morning or last thing at night, and I look at it, and I go, that's who I am in Christ. And I repeat it to myself. I am a child of God. I am Jesus' friend. And I repeat it over myself, especially when the opposite seems true. Especially when the opposite seems true. So I've, uh, I've got a list of seven of those truths this morning, which I'd love to say, to say over you. I'd love you to repeat it back to me, um, just so we can experience that together. Are we up for that? Okay, so here's number one. They're all true and they're all Bible-based. Okay, number one. I am made in the image of God. Can you say that? I am made in the image of God. Number two, I am precious to God. I am a member of Christ's body. Christ's body. I am a saint. It's true. I am God's temple. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Feels good, doesn't it? It's true. These are all truths about who we are. So if that's what the Bible says about us, why call ourselves anything less? If you're a saint, why call yourself anything less? Ephesians 1.1 1, 1 says that we're saints. I had um, an instance where I had to apply the balm of God's truth to myself. Um, it was a work situation. I was working for uh, the local authority in the policy unit. And um, it was just when we were implementing lots of cuts uh, to public services. And it was... Uh, It was a very pressurized environment. And um, my boss was a very challenging lady. It was her way or the highway. And I'm sure some of us have had bosses like that before. And the interesting thing is that I knew I was meant to be there. God had 
imprinted on my mind this picture of this bird flying through the trees and then these big giant scissors coming and chopping at the bird's feathers. And I knew that I was the bird and I needed to have my feathers chopped a bit at this, um, in this environment. And that's exactly what happened. However, after a couple of years, I started to get quite depressed. And I said to God, what is going on here? And I saw a picture of this little bird, and it was like totally, like almost bald. It had no feathers left. And he said to me, the Spirit of God said to me, there's such a thing as too much clipping. You, you know, you've, had, you've been clipped a bit too much there. So the point is that I drew close to God at this time. And what began to happen was when I went into meetings with my boss... Um, and she would accuse me of things, and she would um, use like pseudo spiritual language, you know, uh, to back up what she was saying, which I might have believed had I not spent time with God before, and I was able to hear His truth about who I was. And it was almost like this gentle spirit saying, um, "That's not true. You're not like this. You're like that." And I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't had God's companionship in, that, in those times. And it was like he was putting his bam of truth on me. And bam protects us. It's not just to make us smell nice. It actually protects us from the elements. And that's exactly what, um, what he did. And so I eventually moved on from there. And I, I sort of came out, you know, not even smelling of smoke, even though it had been quite a fiery furnace. So I wondered, is there some place in your life this morning where you need to apply the balm of God's truth? Maybe, um, maybe that story related to you, and maybe there's a situation at work where the devil is trying to lie to you about who you are, and you need to apply the truth about what God says about you to that situation. And I've just got a couple of... Um, uh, things that we can do to help us apply, uh, apply this to us. So one thing we can do is write down the truths about who God says we are. Ask me if you want a copy of, um, you know, the who I am in Christ declarations, or you can find them online and, and you can stick them up or on your, next to your computer. You can put it in, on the dashboard of your car, just a little post-it note. You could um, look online, get a Bible verse that really speaks to you, save it to your phone so that it, you see it every time you look at it, or on your laptop screen. Just get God's truth around you physically. And also, please speak to someone if, you've, if you're having a really hard work situation and get someone to pray with you. So that's the first thing. It could be work. Or maybe you're a busy mom and dad. And you feel like all you do is sow into the life of someone else, um, which is a great thing to do. Um, but maybe you feel like, well, you need something to make you feel more yourself again or something to remind you that you are precious and you are important and you are loved. What, what thing do you need to do? Um, John and I have had loads of conversations about this. And for him, he needs to do sport 
Um, he needs to do sport a few times a week. And if he doesn't, it's like it starts to show like in his face. He goes a bit gray and in his face and his body. And he's like, it starts to show in his spirit as well. And so we agreed early on when our little girl was a baby that he had to do sport. Okay. We thought, well, I don't want, I was like, I don't want you away for long periods of time. We've got a baby. I'm important too. I need to rest. So he said, okay, I'll do, I'll play squash because squash is only 45 minutes long. So I can go to the squash club and come back and we can still have some time together in the evening. So I... I said, great. So that, that's just like a little example of um, something that he needs to do um, to remind himself that he's important. Uh, we're finishing up here. So what, what could it be for you? You know, what do you need to do? Or maybe you're a mum. And <laughs> I was reminded uh, this week when uh, Holly was really little, uh, as in a baby, I was like... A shower cannot be an optional extra. Like, a shower is a non-negotiable in my day. So how are we going to make this happen? And we ended up buying a playpen so that I could put Holly in the playpen, have my shower, or a quiet time. Shock. I could have a quiet time while she was in the playpen, and it, it transformed my walk. And actually, I couldn't do what I needed to do with her during the day if I didn't have a, um, that time with God. So that's another example. So it could be work, could be parenthood, or um, maybe you're thinking, I need to set up a regular prayer time with someone I can trust. I need to be accountable about some things. Um, I, need to, I need someone to stand with me so that I remember how loved I am. And um, you realize that actually it's worth it and I'm worth it and that your spiritual life with God is worth investing in. So take a moment, think of something that you might do practically to apply um, God's love for you in your everyday life. And I just want to finish by um, singing that Justin Bieber song again. <laughs> Only this time it's a bit different. Because if you believe that God loves you that much, maybe you should go and love yourself.